Well, welcome to chat and any people at home. Any children that's still into drawing, I think my two are. Um, today, if, I just want us to think of a candle, like a massive stick uh, with seven sort of things sticking off it. That's a terrible description, isn't it? The, is it up there? Oh, there it is. Draw that. If you can see that at home, draw that. And I want to explain what that is and why it matters to everyone in chat and in this room this morning. I've been trying to teach us that church is the bride of the high priest, Jesus. Church is where we get saved and learn the life of God and how to live it out. Church is called God's temple, where His Holy Spirit lives. More than just when we go off at home in our own little world, most of the emphasis on the Holy Spirit is when church gathers together. So this is massive today, and I want us to fire, it, fire us up for it. In church, every one of us get to share in the life of Jesus. Get to share in that and experience it. Only in church. Like if you're in the pews today thinking, I don't really want to be here. Or if you're at home watching, thinking, I'm only watching this because I feel I have to. Wait and reconsider this. Church is where we get to share in the life of the living God. <clears throat> I've got a few questions for you. Um, I'm going to give you some jobs, and you think, right, what tools are needed for me to be good at this job? Okay, here's a first, Malcolm knows it, yeah, Malcolm. What tools are good for Malcolm to build his decking and finish it this year, you're thinking? Um, what, what about footballers? What do they need? to do their job better? I don't think you're allowed to answer in the building, other than in your head. Football boots. All right, what about painters? Something they need to do their job better? Thanks, Nick. <laughs> yeah, let's do charades. Painting. Yeah, brushes. Barbecues. Barbecuing, something I'm into. What's that? Um, I don't know what you're doing at the back there, but I wrote down a thermometer, like an internal thermometer. It's taken my barbecue into another level. Yeah, from completely terrible to just slightly better than completely terrible. Um, Lego. I know there's Lego people in Park End, children and adults. What helps be a better Lego person? Well, the book, the manual that I always have to build um, a tractor according to the manual, if Jensen's in charge of it, according to the manual. What about musicians? I wrote down new strings or a metronome and that thing in the ear that they have, which might be a metronome. Yeah, it helps. All right, okay. What about in church? What helps church get to really experience and share in the life of the living God? Who or what helps? Well, the answer is, in today's, because there's loads of answers, but today's one is, there was a clue in the readings, something featured in all of the readings, and it was, you know it, uh, the Holy Spirit. Okay? The person to help us share in the life of the living God. 
And I want everyone in chat at home and everyone in this building to be filled with the Holy Spirit to share in the life of the Lord God. Otherwise, church is just dull. Actually, it's a waste of time. So we have to get this right. Church shares in the life of God through the Spirit. And here's where it gets quite cool. Because every single one of you, according to the Word of God, those who are really just trusting in Jesus and proper church members, um, you have gifts given to you by the Holy Spirit. And those gifts can help everyone here share in the life of the living God. And those gifts don't run out as you get older. They might change, but you've still got gifts. Gifts and talents. That's what God gives us to lift Jesus up high. Character traits to make Jesus look glorious. Given to you by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit helps our eyes, mind and heart see how wonderful Jesus is. And gives us gifts to help others show off Jesus. And, this is where it gets really important, this area around us in Cardiff, they will not believe that Jesus is Lord unless we have the Spirit and are showing how amazing He is by using our gifts to that end. Um, and my point today is, how does that work? How do we all lift up Jesus and share in the life of the living God? Right. Here's what's available if we get this right. Here's Ezekiel 37. This is the Lord God speaking. My dwelling place will be with my people. I will be their God and they will be my people. I'll live with them when they gather together. Here's a New Testament one. The Apostle Paul. We, the church, are the temple of the living God. Because God said... I will live with them and walk with them. I will be their God and, I will, and they will be my people. That's what's on offer. So let me run the risk of offending some people. There is no charity or gathering or group or hobby where people gather together in this area which is anything like as glorious as church. Like other charities and other bodies and hobbies and meeting with your friends in restaurants or going and playing drafts and bowls, they're great. But nothing, nothing is where God lives other than church. I will be with my church and lives with them. Um, think of it like this. I don't know if you've got friends in the area who aren't connected to church. They are created, maybe it's your family you're thinking of now, family members or friends, they are created to share in the life of the living God. And if they don't, it's just death. It's just existing instead of living. They're created for that. And Jesus is the priest that will connect them back to the life of God. And in this place, we're the only place in this crossroads where Jesus is lifted up. That's it really, in this crossroads. So our friends and family, it's here, the body of Park End Church, where Jesus is lifted up. And this roundabout is amazing because people from Heath, like Heath sort of ends there, 
and Heath people with all their cultures, they come here and they need to connect to the living God. People from Pentwin, they come down here, very different cultures and lifestyles to Heath. They meet at this roundabout where it sort of ends. King Coid, another area, Flanishan, all meet here with all different needs and backgrounds and jobs and lifestyles and friendship circles. They stop outside our church, but they all need something. They all need to share in the life of the living God. So they just need one thing to be happening here. Jesus lifted up. And the church is sharing in the life of the living God. And they see it. And it matters. Um, they need to see children who learn things about their master and savior Jesus from a young age. From a young age, they need to see children who know that the living God is with them and cares for them. Isn't that glorious? The little boys in the playground just talking to Jesus about their day and their teachers and their homeworks. We pray for our, our boys' friends at the dinner table. Just children need to know that the living God is with them and share in the life. That happens in church. In this area, there are addicts of materialism. People need to come here and be freed from that and just know that they now have the living God saying, I'm with you. Even if you don't have any stuff like that, I'm with you. People are addicted to cocaine in this area because it's quite an upper class area. People need to come off that stuff because it's a killer and instead know the living God is with them. And they don't need drugs to face the day. Sinners can come here and turn and repent from that life and know the Lord saying, I'm with you, now have my peace. That stuff is forgiven. Church will help you flourish. And at the moment, maybe this is you in chat as well, maybe that's why you've stayed home. There are loads of really worried, frail people. And they need a place where they can hear the living God saying, I'm with you, you're sharing in my life. Even if your body decays and just drops dead today, I'm with you, I've got you safe, you're just going to wake up in the arms of Jesus and flourish forevermore. That's sharing in the life of the living God. That's why Park End is glorious. Right, another question. Anyone got this friend? Your friend says, I'd love to believe in God like you do, and I don't know where to begin. You got any of those in the family? Most of the time they're lying when they say that. They don't really. Um, but sometimes they are genuine. I wish I had your faith. What do we do with people in the area and our loved ones like that? What do we do? The answer is, get them here. Where we dwell together. Because something special happens when church gathers together. The Spirit works. Get them here and say, just watch just watch people praise God and share in the life of Jesus. Join the bride. Join in the praise. Your life will change. Just bring them here. Now, I believe, I've lost track of what year and what month it is, a long time ago. But I think it's somewhere around October. Coming up. Have we missed it? It's coming up. October. Anyway, Halloween is coming up, I think, isn't it? A nod from someone, sort of. Rita, yeah, thanks, Rita. Yeah, thanks, Sue. Um, right, children, this time of year, you're going to hear about witches. 
because it's Halloween. Now, witches, some of them are real, some of them aren't. Some of them are quite powerful. Here's the problem with witches that you're going to hear about a lot in school because it's the in thing at the moment, Halloween, isn't it? Jesus isn't giving them their power. So we don't really like that stuff. We don't like that. We want to share in the life of the living God and have his power. Clean power. And that's what happens when church gathers together. The spirit moves and it's clean. Now, I don't know if any of you were alive in the 1930s. No. All right, Sue, that was a bit aggressive, yeah. <laughs> there was a witch in the Sandfields estate in Port Alva in the 1930s, and she was really powerful. And one day, she walked past a local church and felt compelled to come in. And the preacher was preaching, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, famous Welsh preacher. And she then wrote later on this. As soon as I sat down, I was conscious of a power. A power that I was accustomed to, but your power in church was a clean power. A clean power. And she got saved and joined the life of church and started to share in the clean, Jesus-centered power of the Holy Spirit. Our message this year, now, come from darkness, confusion, sin, the world that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You've tried it, it's getting you nowhere. Come to Park End, the place of the clean spirit. Share in a Jesus-centered life. Now I'm just going to prove all that from the Bible and hopefully blow our minds about how amazing something is in the Bible. Um, I'm just going to set the scene. Another question for children. In your bedroom, do you have a bedroom light? Yeah, I know you have. Um, our boys have got a moon-shaped light next to the bed or a rocket-shaped light next to the bed. Adults, what shaped light have you got? Next to your bed, what lovely decorations have you got on the lamp stand? You? Yep. What does the light do when you turn it on in a dark room? It lights the room. And it brings focus onto things that you couldn't see before. And in my boy's bedroom, you see the posters of dogs and curtains and books about tractors. Indeed, tractor toys themselves all come into focus when you turn the light on. Now, here's the cool thing about church. In the ancient church, they had a big tent where they'd come and worship. And in the tent, there was a table. I haven't got one up here. Oh, yeah, there's a table. Table like that. And on the table was a lampstand. Much like that one that people here can see. Just like that. And it was a huge golden lamp. And it was shaped like a plant, which looked like it was flourishing with life. Which is interesting, isn't it? It was like a living lamp. And its job was to shine. On what? Well, not tractors. Something else. 
But before I tell you what, I've got another question. These were before the days of electricity. These are the days of Moses. So what powered the lamp if you couldn't plug it into the wall? Children might now be thinking batteries. Good answer, but this is even before batteries. So how did they light the lamp in the ancient church? Well, they burned something. It was a fuel, and it was olive oil. Isn't that funny? They burned oil. Why did they do that in the ancient church? Well, in the Bible, oil symbolizes something. Life. The spirit life. In Psalm 104, it says, if you put oil on your face, it makes your face shine. You look like you're more alive than before. Now, if we don't oil our skin today, we shrivel up like raisins. I'm finding that as I'm getting older, I'm getting more dry. Do you find that? Not my personality. Well, that as well. So, you know, I wouldn't admit... Well, I no, okay. But yeah, some people moisturize so they don't look like raisins. So they look like grapes instead of raisins. That's what oil does. Uh, my dog, Evie the Labrador, apparently it's a sign that she's well if there's a bit of oil on her coat. And if that dries up, she might have some problems. Oil, life. And this is the funny bit. The children might find this funny. They used to just pour oil all over priests and people and objects just to show that they were alive and had the power to do God's work. Oil was the sign that the Holy Spirit was at work. So, let's recap. You have a lamp on a table, and the lamp is being fueled by life, spirit life. Check out Zechariah 4 for your homework. Just read Zechariah 4. It's all there. And this lamp shone on something. And here's the key. What did this spirit light shine on? Well, it shine on, Jensen will love this one, bread. Our favorite food. Well, your favorite food. Bread. On the table, there was just 12 little flat loaves of bread. What on earth is the ancient church doing? Well, I'm glad you asked, because the bread was called the bread of presence. That means I'm here. God's presence is close. And the divine angel in the Old Testament, you know him as Jesus, he was always hanging around with his church and fighting battles for them. He was often called God's presence. Hey, that's interesting. And then he'd later be born of Mary and call himself the bread of life. And if you feed on me, you'll never die. And here's where it gets even more interesting because there were 12 loaves of bread stacked on the table which represented the 12 tribes of the church. And the priests came in and even ate the bread. So they were just feeding on this object which symbolized Jesus with a light shining on it. Isn't that amazing? I love it. Um, so you're getting it now. You are. We have a lamp filled of the Spirit shining on the presence of God, Jesus. And now you're thinking, okay, Owen, where do I fit into all of this? And what's it got to do with what you were saying before? All right. Well, let me ask a few more questions to help you picture it. I threw a bucket of water over my Labrador in the garden last week because she had run in poo. And 
she's hard to pin down, so I just sort of cornered her and emptied a bucket over her to clean her. Right, here's a question. The children will get this one. Underneath where Evie was standing after I threw a bucket of water, was it wet or was it dry? It was, no Levi, good effort. The other one, wet. You've got it Levi. Hey, lakeside education coming out there. Excellent Levi. It was wet under the dog. Psalm 133 says, if the high priest is lifted up and if he's covered in oil, just covered in it, the picture that the Spirit's with the high priest. And if he's lifted up, what happens to anything underneath him? Gets soaked, covered in oil. And it's really interesting that Jesus says, well, I'm the great high priest, and I have the Spirit without measure. And I'm the head of the church. So, let's sum all of this up. I just want to pause there. And I will answer where you come in in a minute, but here's where Sue comes in in her, her Bible readings. Now does this make more sense? Because Jesus is the Spirit-filled man. It's just flowing off Jesus. The Holy Spirit's shining on Jesus. And this is written about Jesus 700 years before he was born. So I'm just going to reread Isaiah 11. And now, do you get it a bit more? It's about Jesus. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. That means he's in the family tree of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Mm, what a picture of Jesus. Here's another one. This is a great one in Isaiah about the Holy Trinity. The Lord says, count the Lords in this verse, Isaiah 48, 16. The Lord says, now the sovereign Lord has sent me, endowed with his spirit. There's three there. The Lord says, I'm sent in the Lord's spirit. And then we come to Luke 4. Listen to this one again. Because he picks up the scrolls of Isaiah and he says, now it's fulfilled, because I am here. And here's what he read. He came into the synagogue in the power of the Spirit and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor and set prisoners free and give sight to the blind and set the oppressed free. And he rolled up Isaiah and sat down and said today, it is fulfilled. The bread of life is here. So let's complete the picture for this morning. We have a spirit lamp showing off Jesus with church feeding on Jesus. He's the high priest and the spirit falls off him and rolls down onto you and me when we gather and lift him so, the Holy Spirit shines light on Jesus, but gives us gifts to do that job for him. He uses Park End Church now as the lamp to shine on Jesus. And that's what turns lives around. Our lives and everybody around 
here. The Spirit helps us share in the life of the Spirit-filled man, Jesus, who connects us to the Father and reveals God to us. Here's a secret. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 22, verse 3, which says, God lives and is enthroned in the praise of His people. He lives when His people come and praise Him. So here's the secret. In every church I go to, I ban a phrase. And the phrase I ban is, we will now have a time of worship, and then people start singing. I ban that because while worship is singing, worship is much more than singing. We will now have a time of worship. Here's the thing. It's when church gathers together, the worship begins. It's not just the singing bit. It's gathering together. It's when you've walked through the door this morning after a week of pain and suffering, and you sit here, and you're still here trusting Jesus. That's praise, and that shines light on Jesus. That's worship. God lives in that. I'm still here. He's still got me. It's when we fellowship together and share how Jesus has saved us from total collapse this week and He's got us safe in His hands and we talk about it. That is where God lives. That's sharing in the life of God. It's when we pray and we praise He's enthroned and we give thanks and glory. Sue's prayer was awesome today. Giving so much thanks and then ending on how glorious Jesus is. That's worship. God is enthroned in that. The sacraments, the divine liturgy that's handed to us from the church fathers where we're all just joined in one accord, feeding on Jesus together after the week that we've had. We repent together. God lives in that. The preaching's not really the climax of the service. My bit's the easy bit that you should all forget about. It's the other stuff that's been happening before that. The prayers, the singing, sharing in the life of Jesus. All right, wrap it up, Owen, because people have got face masks on and they're going to faint. They're hyperventilating. Okay, a nod from the back. Okay, um, in a world where there's hatred, murder, and betrayal, it just comes naturally to us. On comes the lamp in this area, and it's Park End Church, where we show another way. Jesus is lifted up, and we pray for our enemies and we forgive them. That's life-changing, that's sharing in the life of the living God. That's a miracle that we can do that. Christ died for us, so we die for each other. That's a miracle. That's a work of the Spirit. Um, we have a king that got off the throne for us, so we get off the throne for each other, and we put our egos to death, and we serve each other. That turns the world upside down. Jesus did loads of miracles by the Spirit. We can. Children, you can change and become like Jesus now. Your attitudes in school can change, and that's a miracle. That's a work of the Spirit. Addictions can change for adults. How we cope with loneliness changes as we fire each other up and shine lights on Jesus and how He com comforts us. Grumblings change. Laziness changes. Guilt changes. Abusers stop abusing. Those who have been abused can forgive. We can contribute to peaceful home lives of forgiveness and joy. The children in school can show their friends what it is to be honest as they share in the honesty of Jesus. 
And I close with a big one. In a fragile world, guess what? How do we have peace? The Spirit got Jesus through his death. We boast in the cross and we boast in the resurrection of Jesus. That message needs to go out. If COVID claims you, it's all right. It's all right. In your darkest moment, you can have the peace of Jesus coming over you and know He is risen by the Spirit and so will I be. All glory to Jesus as we share in His life as a church family. If you're in chat, pray to the living God now and He will resurrect you with spirit life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're going to stand now and sing our closing hymn. And then afterwards, if we remain stood, I'll close uh, with a word of prayer. So it's open the eyes of my heart. And we'll stand.